0: University of Virginia Health System, we are for sharing the latest health information from top minds to keep you and your family healthy. With UVA Health System Radio, here's Melanie Cole. It's most commonly
1: linked with pictures to but- animals. Athletes aren't the group of people most likely to suffer rotator cuff injuries. My guest today is Dr. Winston Guathme. He's a board certified orthopedic surgeon whose specialties include sports related injuries to hip, shoulder, knee, foot and ankle at the University of Virginia Health System. Welcome to the show, Doctor Guathme. So tell the listeners, what is the rotator cuff and what does oh, it do?
0: Oh, thanks, Melanie. Um The shoulder is a very complex joint that has the highest range of motion of any of the joints of the body. And so intrinsically, there's very little bony stability. The ball and socket of the shoulder joint isn't really held together by by much in the way of bones and ligaments. So the rotator cuff is a complex group of muscles that sort of wrap around the ball and socket and sort of hold the ball positioned within the socket so that you can have that entire arc of motion without having any uh, compromise with the mechanics of the ball and socket joint.
1: So this is a very movable joint and also more complicated to treat if it's injured, but easily injured. So we hear a lot about rotator cuff injuries. How do they occur, and what exactly is a rotator cuff tear? We hear so much about that, Dr. Guathme.
0: Yes, ma'am. It's actually a continuum of injuries. The rotator cuff is actually a pretty robust uh, uh, structure within the body. But as we sort of get older, um, you know, a lot of things start breaking down the body, and the rotator cuff in particular goes and undergoes a lot of miles over the course of your lifetime. And so as people enter their 40s and 50s and 60s, the, uh, you know, just that motion that's been going on there for so long um, can cause some you, know, some, you know, some breakdown. What ends up happening with the rotator cuff is uh, it's a continuum. It starts with, you know, some tendonitis or some, you know, some impingement type symptoms in the top of your shoulder, which is basically sort of just shoulder pain. And as that tendon starts to become attenuated, it's more prone to tearing. And, and sometimes it might be something as little as just, you know, overuse, or sometimes it requires, a, you know, a more dramatic injury like a fall or something like that for that rotator cuff structure to be injured. Uh, but it can be quite debilitating when it does occur.
1: Well, tell us some of the symptoms, because I know that when people say, oh, it hurts to roll over on my side at night or put a jacket on, and tell people what they might, you know, s- experience that would send them to see you to look and see if it's some rotator cuff problem?
0: Of course. I think most people, you know, as they get older, they have shoulder pain, they assume it's their rotator cuff um, just because that's sort of the most, uh, it's sort of uh, on the tips of everybody's, uh, you know, tongue whenever they're thinking about shoulder pain. The most common symptoms for rotator cuff pathology is typically pain sort of in the top or the front of the shoulder, worse with overhead activity like lifting like a milk jug into the top uh, of the, of the, of the refrigerator or something like that, or trying to put your clothes on, um, a lot of times it's pain at night. And, um, as the, as the disease process progresses, sometimes it can also be associated with weakness in the same, um, you know, the same positions, the same movement. So, you know, normally you could easily put the milk jug in the top of the refrigerator. And as the rotator cuff becomes more pathologic, it's more difficult to do that. And you have pain as you try to lift your arm above the level of your, of your, of your, uh, shoulder.
1: So if you're diagnosed with having some sort of a rotator cuff injury, what treatments are available? And speak about non-surgical treatments first, and then if it becomes bad enough, they have to deal with surgery.
0: I think uh, the the algorithm is no question that the the first approach to a rotator cuff injury is going to be non-operative treatment. For the most part, there's a lot of redundancy around the shoulder as far as function, um, and even full thickness rotator cuff tears can be treated non-operatively initially. Um, there's actually been studies showing in that in the average active population, almost a quarter of people over the age of 60, and almost uh, half of people over the age of, of 80, actually have full-thickness rotator cuff tears and may not even know it. So the the, the goal of the initial the initial goal of, of, of treatment is going to be trying to make that tear asymptomatic, which is certainly possible with a good with a good treatment algorithm. Normally, it requires some degree of, of either either physical therapy exercises or, or activity modification to sort of try to get the other muscles around the shoulder to activate and to fire so that you can accommodate for the fact that one of the, sh- one of the muscles up there has an injury. Um, so for the most part, if the patient comes and sees me with, uh, with sort of rotator cuff-type pain, we try to sort of get an idea of the uh, degree of pathology. And then normally, you know, even if, even if someone does end up having surgery, therapy or uh, some sort of exercises are always helpful to sort of, of optimize mechanics around the shoulder before we even get started with anything else.
1: What about cortisone shots? I know people, Dr. Guathami, that have had five, six, seven of <laughs> them. How many can you get? And does a rotator cuff ever, if it's a tear, does it ever really truly go away on its own, or that really just doesn't happen?
0: Well, most of the natural history studies of rotator cuff pathology show that once a rotator cuff is torn, it, no, it will never actually heal. In fact, most of the time it has some degree of progression. The speed of that progression is really what Defines what the treatment is going to end up being. A cortisone I think, is really helpful for a couple of reasons. Um, <clears throat> one, I think in some of these acute inflammatory situations, it can actually take a tendon that's sort of inflamed and swollen and, and causing more pinching up a, the shoulder. Um, you know, I, I use the analysis or the al- analogy of a fat lip. You know, it, when 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 you have you know an injury or something like that to your lip, you sort of keep biting it over and over again until the swelling goes away. And sometimes with the rotator cuff. When you're trying to get your arm above your head, the fact you're sort of pinching that swollen tendon um, can sort of propagate the symptoms and sort of perpetuate the symptoms. And so I do use cortisone periodically for people to try to see if I can't get that inflammation out of the shoulder to get them a more pain-free range of motion so that they may make more progress with therapy and so that perhaps they can render this uh, tear asymptomatic, which ultimately is the goal for all of this. And uh, to be honest, I, you know, these, these things, the tendon's not going to heal back down to the bone. Um, but in a lot of cases, we can actually make patients asymptomatic. And that, I think that's, you know, the goal is to get them back to what they want to do.
1: When does surgery come into play?
0: I think when people have failed all those conservative treatment you know, strategies. You know, if they've done therapy, they've done a cortisone shot or two, they've even taken anti-inflammatories, and really they're not able to do what they, what they want to do. You know, pain at night, you know, pain with, you know, routine activities, weakness, so they can't get their arm over their head. And that's really when we start talking about surgery for this. And you know I, I always tell my patients it's it's not very it's not a very fun uh, experience to go through rotator cuff surgery. You know, you, you end up in a sling for six weeks, you have to rehab pretty extensively for three to four months. And so that's why we try to get people better without surgery. But if they do go to surgery, you know it's 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 fairly straightforward. we We just we just take the the tendon that's torn and we repair it back down to the bone where it had ripped from. Um, and once you know once that process occurs and once the healing occurs, Typically, the symptoms get much better um, after surgery.
1: So speak about prevention of rotator cuff. So you you mentioned that as we age, many people have rotator cuff injuries Mm -hmm. that they may not even be aware of. But what about prevention and keeping that good, strong shoulder?
0: Of course. uh, Prevention is the key key to everything when it comes to... As as we get older, you know, our bodies are going to have some degree of mileage that's going to be put upon them. And the goal of, 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 I guess aging effectively is to is to, try to stay optimized you know stay healthy exercise all those kinds of things within the shoulder in particular uh it, it's always good just to, to keep all the muscles around the shoulder fairly active and fairly fairly strong so that you know you can accommodate or you, you can you can uh you can tolerate um this sort of wear and tear kind of stuff you know um a lot of people who are very sort of just, just, fit people to have a rotator cuff tear. They may, or may not even know because they have so much extra, uh, they have so much extra muscle around the shoulder that sort of can help out. Um, it's hard to prevent things that sort of happen naturally with aging. Um, and so, I guess just trying to figure out how to, how to, uh, how to live with the symptoms and how to uh, improve the symptoms through exercise is probably the best thing.
1: And Dr. may in just the last minute or two, why should patients come to UVA Orthopedics when they suffer a rotator cuff injury?
0: Well, we, we, we treat the entire spectrum of shoulder pathology. And, and a lot of people people come in with their, their primary care docs because they have a, a rotator cuff problem. But really, we're pretty comfortable treating the entire spectrum of injury. And so sometimes it's, it's not just a rotator cuff. There could be an element of, 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 of biceps or labral pathology as well. There could be an element of arthritis as well. And so what we can do here, I have four partners and my, myself, all, all, all of them treat shoulder injuries, is we can, we can take them through the entire natural history of their shoulder and, and provide basically care. Um, across all spectrums of shoulder injury from shoulder instability, meaning shoulders that would like to dislocate if you, you know, or shoulders that have arthritis or shoulders that, um, you know, shoulders that just need just some direction as far as, you know, why it hurts and and how to make it feel better. And also we have, you know, the the five of us, all of us do arthroscopic surgery for the shoulder to repair these things. So it's minimally invasive. and, And we get people back to their activities as quickly as possible.
1: Thank you so much, and for more information on UVA Orthopedics, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. You're listening to UVA Health Systems Radio. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.